0: This is Debbie, and welcome to another brand new episode of The Offbeat Life, where I speak to inspiring individuals who ditch the norm to live their best life and become location independent. This week, I speak with Evan Segura, who is a 19 year old traveler and the host of the Life is Weird podcast. Living in the suburbs of Illinois, Evan knew he needed to explore the world and leave the comforts of his hometown. He knew that meeting new people and travel will help him find his purpose in the world. So Evan worked odd jobs like horse-sitting and took an American gap year after graduating high school at 18 years old. Evan has finished his tour of Southeast Asia and is currently hitchhiking through the United States. You can follow along his journey on this podcast, Life is Weird. On this episode, Evan shares how to travel cheap and the importance of an American gap year Evan is such a rare and adventurous young person who is truly living his life to the fullest at a young age I have been so inspired by his infectious nature and determination to live his adventure so I hope you enjoyed this interview as much as I do Hey Evan, thank you so much for joining me today and it was such a pleasure to hear from you and how you actually contacted me when you were still in Southeast Asia. How are you today?
1: Debbie, I'm doing fantastic. How are you?
0: I am great. So Evan, I know you are very young. Can you uh, fill in the gaps of your story and why you live an offbeat life?
1: I guess I have an offbeat life because I became unsatisfied with The way that people live, it's commonly referred to as the rat race, you know, and it's hard to not see it in everyday American life, and I uh didn't really want to live my life like that. I wanted to live freely and I wanted to enjoy every single moment that I could, and traveling seems to be the way to do that.
0: And you were only 18 at the time, you left high school. What was it like for you to finally decide to do this when you first decided you wanted to travel?
1: Well, it was a bit scary. Scary, exhilarating, and awesome because my friends really supported me. They thought it was going to be, you know, a sick adventure. I had a few friends that were already traveling, you know, living in their cars, just experiencing this new hippie lifestyle. And they were encouraging me, but whenever I talk about it with my family or with really any adult, like they just expressed extreme fear, you know, like you have to be really careful, you know, because this could happen, this could happen, this could happen. I've I've gone on a you know, a handful of adventures and they're evolving quite different, but it just seems like every single time everyone is so terrified and then I just have the best time of my life. I kind of feel like I'm I'm proving people wrong.
0: Yeah, it's interesting because as the as older we get, the more fear we have. And the beauty about when you're young is that you haven't experienced all of the things that could go wrong yet. So everything is a possibility. And that's why it's so amazing to do this at your age. And that's how life should be is you need to experiment on so many different things before you find what it is that you're really doing. So you talked about adults and your parents, how did they react when you told them you didn't want to go to college and you wanted to take this gap year?
1: They did not like it. <laughs> <laughs> they, uh, they're they worried that I'm going to lose my ambition and that I'm just going to settle. Like I said, my, my friends that actually inspired me to start traveling because they had done it after high school, uh, they still haven't gone back to school and they're 22, 23 and they're living in Colorado, um just working at a ski resort, you know, but they they live a beautiful life and they enjoy it so presently, you know, and it's really admirable. But um I know I, I that I have ambition that I'm going to school. I'm actually starting this fall and I don't know, there's just little tiny ways that I try to ease their anxiety, you know, because every parent's going to be tripping about what their kid is doing with their lives. I wish they appreciated it more because I feel like I'm accomplishing so much, you know, I feel myself growing. And as I meet these people, the significance that I get when I meet a really cool traveler, you know, on the road, I can't express that through words to my parents. So they, they just think that I'm just kind of messing around. They they don't really take it as seriously as I do. But I, I believe that it's really, really important.
0: There's so many things in life that we don't get to experience until we're older. And it's great that you're able to do this. And the way you speak, the way you act, it seems like you're a lot older (laughs) than you are already. And that's probably because of the experience you've had already. So I know a lot of us will look at somebody's lifestyle, right? You're talking about your friends who have been doing this gap year or gap life. And we always look at other people's lives and we want to do it. But you actually did something about it. What made you actually take those first steps? What was your mindset like? And how did you take that action?
1: Okay. Um, Do you know who Reggie Watts is? He is a musician, a jazz composer from L.A. And he's just a super weird dude. He's got some incredibly weird videos on YouTube because the way that he makes music is is very unique. You should check him out. I'm not gonna go into full explanation of him, but I'm just gonna say one of his quotes through one of his performances was that we are living in the memories of our future selves. And when you first hear that, it kind of sounds like baloney. But when you think about it, it's so true. Like right now, we're you know, we're talking on the phone, but we're living in the memories of ourselves tomorrow. You know, we're gonna look back on this phone call and it's just going to be a memory but it's also a really motivating way to think because am I going to look back on what I did today and am I going to be proud you know I think that especially with social media these days people try to impress each other so much but I feel like there's only two people that you should really try to impress every day and that is your five-year-old self and your 85 year old self and I think about these two people And I think I want and they want me to do something amazing while I'm young and I am free.
0: And the way you're thinking about that, it doesn't seem like a 19 year old would think this way.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think I think that way more people should because I think that this really is like the prime from like here to like 30, you know, this like you're never going to have this energy that you have again, you know. Or this, or this, this physical ability to c- hike a mountain, you know. Not, not to say that there aren't
0: jacked fifty-year-olds. I can't wait to see what you're going to be doing at fifty years old. At this me point, me too. I'm so excited. <laughs> It's funny because I was actually talking to some of my friends about it and we're older than you, obviously. Mm -hmm. And it's incredible how life is when you're a child. You have so much energy. You have all of these boundless energy that you don't know what to do with. Especially when you're a toddler, you will just run back and forth for an hour and you won't even get tired. And then when you're an adult and you actually need all of that energy because you have so much to do and so little time, you have none. So (laughs) exactly for you to use that energy when you have it now, that's the smart way to go and to do it, Evan.
1: (laughs) Yeah, no, I I completely agree. You know, I feel like there's just this green area around the timeline of of being young in life. And I think way too many people, they just they really ignore it and they take it for granted when you really shouldn't.
0: And for you, it's been such a great journey already. You've been to Southeast Asia. How did you prepare to leave home and do this trip? The
1: same friends that lived in a van as soon as they left high school and inspired me to uh, do the same when I left high school, they went to to Thailand and uh, it just it looked really awesome, you know and i I really appreciate these dudes that I'm talking about, you know, because you can watch all the YouTube vlogs you want about a place, but nothing is is as accurate as friendly recommendations and advice because it's a very real and um, raw representation. So they they told me a lot about it and I've always been interested in going to Thailand because I'm really interested in Buddhism. I got really into it in high school as I was trying to explain how the universe worked to myself and and what the heck is religion. I I gravitated towards Buddhism and there's just a lot of uh, really exotic temples and, and really cool stuff. And all around Southeastern Asia. So that was just a cool place that I wanted to go to. How did I start packing for it or preparing? My girlfriend and I, uh, we looked at our schedule for the next year and we planned to go to school in the fall. So we had from January to the fall to do something awesome. But we didn't have enough money. So we saved from January to the beginning of March. And then we flew out around March and it was incredible. But the way that we prepared was just lots of online blogs, advice from our friends and help from our parents securing some of the supplies and who we were working so much that it was uh, it was re- it was a really stressful last month before we took off, but when we got there it was it was well worth it. But it really isn't that hard, you know, like you only need a few outfits in your backpack. My mom's a nurse, so we left with way too much first aid supplies <laughs> in both of our bags. Yeah, no, I didn't I didn't really I think it was too difficult at all, you know, to just kind of pack your bags and leave for a while.
0: That's always the hardest part is taking the first steps to do it. And usually when people want to do something because it seems like it's hard or it's out of their comfort zone, that stops you before you even start. It's great that you were able to do this with your girlfriend and the support of your family finally, right? Your mom (laughs) giving you all of these things. That's incredible to do.
1: Yeah, I don't even know if I would still even say that they are, but they know that I'm a very stubborn kid. They love me. They love me a lot, and they want to see that I'm happy, but they're just afraid, you know? And I can't blame them for being afraid, because I don't think it's a scary world. There's just, there's so many people that are just like, yeah, you know, the real world, you know, like, it's it's not so easy, kid. You know, like, it's real hard out there, and um, I'm not saying that it's not, but I'm saying that it's not as bad as everyone thinks but it's just really hard to express that to my parents because they haven't traveled that much themselves. Like, I've definitely seen way more of the world than they have, and to try to explain to them that most humans are good in the heart, like, they really want to help. I'd, I'd been helped by so many strangers from so many different places. It just really filled me with, like, this overwhelming love for everybody out there and restored my faith, you know? but it didn't restore theirs.
0: Well, the the reason why most of that happens with all of us is because we fear the unknown. If we've never done it before, we don't know what could happen. So your parents having never been to a lot of different places and you hear a lot of things in media and television, social media, all of those things, most of the things that you'll hear are the negative and you usually don't hear the positive. And honestly, most people like you mentioned are pretty helpful and they're not going to attack you or kill you it's out of fear and most of us have that as well one of the things that people will be afraid Of doing especially if they want to do something similar to you it doesn't matter how old they are is safety and obviously financial wise how were you able to make sure that you were safe and you also had the finance to do this I know you worked really hard but what would you tell someone who wants to do this
1: I think it all depends on the kind of lifestyle you live before you take off uh, wherever you're going for instance, um, in this small town that I'm, I'm back in right now, my lifestyle for the past two weeks since I'm saving um, to leave again consists of like not spending a single dime. My parents, they let me live here for free when I come back home and I eat their food for free. God bless them. I'd never hang out with friends if if money is involved. And sadly, it usually is because there's not much to do here nature-wise or anything like that, but you have to be able to live frugally, you know? And it's not really justifiable for me to say that because I'm still being supported, like, a a lot, you know, by my parents um, while I'm home. Don't buy that expensive bottle of wine that you usually do every week, and don't, you know, like, stop buying coffee every single morning at Dunkin' Donuts. Like, just start making it yourself, you know? Like, adapt little tiny ways because when you're living on the road a dollar that you spend at home goes so much farther. So I mean, every penny saved is a penny earned when you're at home. And also, you have to develop some some side hustles. Like when I was home, in between the road trips and when I left for Asia, um, I did so many things to generate a little bit more cash. Like I ran around town and gave every single business my resume. And then I also just started like, putting it on bulletin boards <laughs> in in random places like in and this one dude his name's Steve, he called me and asked if I could help him clean his horse stables every week and I said, yeah, so that's something I did every Saturday morning and then there's a lot of ways to do it online as well, you know, like I started getting into um amazon fBA drop shipping i don't I don't know really yeah, I it's, yeah I think
0: yeah they think it's drop shipping for amazon right
1: yeah yeah yeah, yeah um so I, I bought a bunch of things from China. They're it's just like this silly TV show, and it's getting really popular. And then there was all these pins being sold from China for like 25 cents, and they're being sold in the U.S. for like ten dollars. So I bought 200 of them, and um, you know I like flipped them in the United States, and I made like a pretty decent amount of cash, you know. And people just have to start like doing these little tiny things. There's little tiny ways that you can multiply your money, you know. I wish that I'd gotten into Bitcoin when it was soaring. And um, that was another way that I met so many travelers that were traveling just because they had invested earlier.
0: But it's great that you're thinking about this now and you're only 19 years old.
1: <laughs> right.
0: Because most people don't think about this until they're in their 30s and 40s.
1: And they just think of like uh, one stream of revenue, you know, but I think that's so risky. Like to only have like one way to make money. You should be trying to do it multiple different ways. One, because it's it's fun, you know, like it's it's fun. It's a it's a challenge to try to to make more money, you know, and to to grow your net worth, to grow your wealth.
0: Yeah, and it's also pretty common that most people just want something comfortable and they don't want to think about it. So you definitely have an entrepreneurial mind, especially if you're trying to get all of these different avenues of making money, and a lot of people don't want that too, so that's why you have an offbeat life, <laughs> Evan. I mean already at nineteen, you're thinking about all of these things, and that's this is what most adults talk about <laughs> right. <laughs> what about what your average day looks like? I know when you're traveling, it's different, and then when you're at home, it's different. What is that like, and what's the difference?
1: So when I'm home. Right now, I have a job uh, at a warehouse. I'm just selecting boxes from these huge aisles and throwing it on a pallet, and um, it's very monotonous, I think is the word. It just makes me feel like a robot, and I really don't enjoy it, but it makes really good money that I'm saving all of every single week, but it's 12 hours a day I'm working this job, so my days go by like that, and it's really sad because um, when I'm traveling, It's so awesome because every day is like a blank canvas that I get to paint, you know, and that other people get to paint because I'm interacting with so many cool people. It's like you wake up in the morning and wherever I'll be, you know, like in a hostel or waking up (laughs) in the back of my car and then I open the door and the sun, you know, flows in. I'm like, wow, what am I going to do today? (laughs) It's just so open and I usually find a neat place to get breakfast. You know, I love how far technology has come because I really attribute being able to find cool things to do to various apps on my phone, you know, so um, there's this app called Do Stuff and it just has a bunch of events and wherever you are listed and I'll whip that out and I'll just see what's going on for the day, you know, and it's, it's either a meditation class or it's a yoga in the park or it's, you know, a um, a gospel festival or just something strange is happening everywhere. You know, you just got to figure out ways to find how how they're happening, where they're happening, when they're happening. But yeah, a day when I'm traveling, I'll wake up and just find some incredible things to do. I like to read a lot. So I usually in various peaceful settings, you know, I really enjoy being mobile in the car on the road trips because it's never hard to find like a, a nice setting to read. But, um, when I was traveling in Southeast Asia, it was usually on the beach
0: or by the pool. That sounds like two totally different worlds. And especially when you're traveling, it sounds like the dream, right? And that's why you're working towards that and why you took this gap year. So that sounds amazing, Evan. You've traveled to different places now. You did your road trip. You went to Southeast Asia. What has been the biggest setback you've encountered so far and how do you usually handle them?
1: This one time in Los Angeles, I got in a car accident. Yeah, yeah. My, my car wasn't messed up too bad, but the police got involved, and I did have to pay a pretty, a pretty decent fine. That kind of stinks because you never, at least I, I, I hadn't. When I planned my budget, there was no way to factor in the fact that I'd be paying someone five hundred dollars in Los Angeles for something that I, I, like, I wasn't gaining any benefit from. I was just driving too fast, being stupid. Yeah, it's hard to say because it's the biggest setbacks are unexpected events, you know, and like you never know what's going to happen. But um, I think that it's just it's just part of traveling, you know, like gear is going to break. You're sometimes going to get hurt. It just kind of depends on how you travel.
0: That's the best thing. And the worst thing about travel is that everything is unexpected. (laughs) The good and the bad.
1: Yeah, it makes for a super interesting day and life. You know, your ups and downs, they're great. You know, you have great highs and really lows when your car gets broken into. Like, that just stinks. And you're like, ah, man. (laughs) But (laughs) I think it's definitely worth the good times, you know, Uh, as opposed to the mundane life that I'm living right now. There's not bad times, you know, but there's just not that many good times. It's just very simple and and calm and uninteresting. Comfortable. (laughs) Yeah. too comfortable
0: and that for for some people that's really great and for other people that could be the worst thing because there's nothing really too exciting happening there's nothing really bad happening it's just there it's like you're in limbo and you're just waiting for something to happen
1: yeah and I used to judge all the people that lived in this town so much when I had first started traveling so much so that when I came back from my first road trip I took a notebook and I walked around and I knocked on every door in my house and I basically asked people what it meant to be part of a good community and if they think this town has that and how do they contribute to a good community, you know, because my perception of what a community is shifted so much between when I left the small town that I grew up in my entire life and I went to... Say Arcata, California. And this town, there's co ops, you know, like all the farmers team up with the grocery stores and they just make amazing food and great produce. There's always things happening in the town. There's so many book clubs and movie clubs, and there's big movie screenings in the town plaza. And it's not that big of a town, you know, it's this really small college town. And it's just, it, there's, People know people there. You know, I was walking through the grocery store and I've never had so many random conversations in a grocery store before, but people just talk to each other, you know, and there's more than, hi, how are you? Good. How are you? Good. And then people just walk away. That's how conversations go in the small town. So when I got back, I was just so unsatisfied and unsatisfied for these people. I'm like, why isn't Manuka good? You know, (laughs) Most people just told me they didn't want to answer my questions. They just kind of shooed me away. But a couple, a couple of um, of older dudes answered the door, and they told me that Manuka is a is a peaceful, quiet place. There's not a lot of bad things happening here as far as crime goes. You know, teenagers smoke weed, but that's about it. And it's just like it's just a it's a calm place to raise children. You know, and it's like a good place to be comfortable. And then I started understanding, you know, like that place in Arcata, there was a lot going on. Some people just don't like a lot going on. Some people just want to live a peaceful, comfortable, but mundane life. And I just kind of have to understand that, you know, because like to each man his own and woman to each woman her own.
0: And also the way you look at their life is probably how they're looking at your life as well, because they're not going to understand why you want to move on so much and why you want to do all of these different things. But again, like you said, to each their own. And as long as the person is happy and that's what they really want to do with their life, then it's it's what's best for them. And it's great that you were able to realize that because I feel like when certain people travel too much and then they come back, they feel like they know more than everybody. <laughs> and you get that feeling like, yeah, now I know all of the things that's in the world. And, you know, this it's, it has to be better than this. And we have to realize that it's just different. I know, Evan, that you love talking to people and you also have your own podcast and you're interviewing people while you're traveling. what Mm -hmm. has been the worst advice you have ever received while you're talking (laughs) to all of these different people
1: this one guy i met in cancun mexico he was a greek pilot so i I went to this bar at the resort that i was staying at in cancun and i walk up to this dude and i ask him what's something he wish he knew when he was 18 you know like something that would have helped him out and I caught him at a weird time in his life because this dude was 46 and he'd been divorced p- for the past four years. He just started telling me like some incredibly degrading things about women and how they worked. I wasn't going to tell the dude to F off. So I was sitting there listening to him. But the entire time I was just like, man, you suck. Like you are the <laughs> worst. I really regret coming up and talking to you. And he was just, um, yeah, And no, it was just some really, really sexist degrading like alpha male stuff that he was saying that I should just know that every woman is just um, playing games and that they don't know what they want and that you got to tell them what what they want and what they should do and that you're the man and that you're in control and I'm like you are confused (laughs) and like you like I'm only 19 I don't have that much relationship experience Um, but I know that that's not how you should treat women at all. And, um, I don't know how you've made it this far, buddy, but it makes sense that you're divorced. Um, so I wished, I wished him the best, but that was one of the interviews or the, yeah, many interviews that I was just walking away, just shaking my head, like, man, some people are just not
0: in the best place. I I feel like too. You have learned so much from talking to all of these people, what to do and what not to do, and right. also looking at what led them to their current state of mind. Because I'm sure there's, and it's funny because whenever I talk to to someone, and I also love talking to people, especially when I'm traveling, is there's always a story behind every person's answer and what led you to that. So we don't know what happened to that relationship But it must have been really bad for him to do that Or maybe even how he grew up and how he raised his children So with you, Evan, for example Your parents, you talked to me about this before How they're immigrants and they're hustlers. And you yourself at 19 is a hustler. You're a hustler. So the way you grew up, even though your parents have never traveled, because you saw something that you wanted, you went after it. So it's so interesting how the way we grow up and the way we handle things stems from so many things from our experiences and what we end up doing and our actions.
1: Yeah, no, no, no. And, and I think that that is um, something that I tell everyone that, I I somewhat inspired to take on these trips, you know, like um, younger people that are just about to graduate high school in my town. You know, I've been going to like a couple gatherings and people will approach me and be like, hey, you know, like I'm going to do this, you know, like well, give me some advice. And something I always like to touch on and I think is very important, especially as young people, is that every person you meet has something to teach you. You shouldn't look at it like, You're trying to extract the knowledge from every single person, but um, you should try to initiate a conversation with especially older people, because older people are old for a reason. They survived life, you know, like they made it. They're, They're still here and they did something right because here they are living and breathing. Everyone loves talking about themselves, you know, like people love being shown attention, you know, and no one will deny that. It just feels good to feel like you have something to pass on to another human, you know, like you're helping in a small way, just using your words. If you can approach people and ask them the right questions, you are going to be given great knowledge that you're never going to forget, you know, because it came from a real living, breathing human. I mean, that's just something that every young person that's traveling should be doing is always talking to people because next to Google, it's like the greatest source of information.
0: So, Evan, let's fast forward to 50 years from now and you're looking back at your life. I know that seems like a long time from now, but it goes by really fast. I can tell you (laughs) (laughs) what legacy would you like to leave and what do you want to be remembered for?
1: So I would like to be. One of the pioneers in psychedelic psychotherapy because it's just a really, really interesting field that is so underground right now, but I'm hoping in the next 10 years, it will change the way that medicine and pharmacology and our it'll change so many things about our industry. I mean, even just regular therapy, for example. I've been influenced by... um, my own personal psychedelic experiences, and by the act of helping people. I like to think of myself as a good person and I like to help people whenever I can. You know, a good um, quote from my favorite writer, Kurt Vonnegut, is that wherever there is a human being, there is an opportunity for kindness. And I, I truly believe that. And you really feel it when you're like in a city somewhere where there's some not good people and some good people and you know you witness beautiful things happen my legacy that i'd like to leave behind um is someone that helped as many people as he could lived a, a um a well traveled wonderful life and was happy all the way through it i want to be known for always having looked on the bright side no matter how poopy you know even if in even if in 30 years there's a zombie apocalypse I will have been the dude, hopefully I will have made it, but I will have been the dude that was always looking um, to the future
0: Hopefully we all survive that If not, you have to take me under your wing because I don't know how to kill those things (laughs) (laughs) Well that is definitely a really unique legacy that you want to leave, Evan I don't think I've ever met someone who wanted to do that, so that is Hmm. one point for you right there (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) So let's get to some fun questions. So some people like myself, I nerd out on interviewing people like you, hiking and travel. What about you? What do you nerd out on?
1: What do I nerd out on? I nerd out definitely on psychedelic research. There's so much going on every single day. And if you want to know more about it, there's an organization called MAPS. They stand for Multidisciplinary Association for Psychedelic Studies. Yeah, I just I read all of their articles, anything that comes out, you know, there's so many books. I guess that's another thing I nerd out on is is books. But that's something I think everyone should nerd out on, is, is books because it's so broad, you know, everyone can find a genre of books that they like and then specifically nerd out on those. Right now I'm nerding out on classic tales like Siddhartha and The Alchemist. But tales that can be adapted to every every person's life and to be remembered through through centuries
0: what has been the most unusual job you've ever had and what did you learn from it
1: when i taught english to buddhist monks in cambodia that was like dream come true because like i said before i've been interested in buddhism for a long time and they were just incredible to to interact with it was so so amazing. And it was so empowering because, you know, like I said before, people, people love to, to pass on knowledge. People like to feel like they have something to give back. I'm 19. So I don't know a lot about much, you know, I know a little bit about a lot of things, but I'm not really professional at any field right now, but I can speak English fairly well. So I was able to able to teach that um, I thought I thought rather well. And um, it was a really good feeling to be helping so much by just devoting my time to lesson planning and to working with my other teachers. And it was incredible. Like, I don't know if I'll we'll ever have as amazing of a job again, because it was just such an immersive experience. You know, like when I would when I would spend the night at the pagoda where they all lived and just like Truly see how they were going about their average day.
0: That is definitely an unusual job. What made you decide to teach English to monks?
1: Do you know what Workaway is? Um, Workaway is an incredibly valuable tool for all travelers. Um, and if you're thinking about traveling and, and finances are one of the main reasons that you can't, I highly recommend you look at Workaway because it's it's a it's an organization that connects travelers to hosts and the host will give them food and a place to stay in exchange for work. And there's so many different things you can do. You can work at hostels. You can work at meditation, yoga retreats. We painted murals in Bangkok for this lady and we got to stay at her hostel for free for a week on workaway.com for something to do um, in Cambodia or Vietnam, and in Cambodia, we just came across this this dude that was offering people to come live in his house, uh, and in exchange for food every day and for sleeping in his house, we would teach English to the neighborhood children and the Buddhist monks. My girlfriend and I were like, "Holy cow, this looks incredible!" And it was actually um, really flopped our our travel plans, you know, because our route was to go from Thailand and just kind of whip across Cambodia because there's not a whole lot to see in Cambodia. You know, the people are incredible, but as far as nature goes, there's like, there's, there's not that much going on, you know? And, uh, so we planned on whipping across Cambodia and then going from Southern Vietnam all the way to Northern Vietnam and then across Laos back into Thailand to catch our flight out. But what ended up happening was we went to Thailand and then went to the work away in Cambodia for two months and then just came back to Thailand and then left because we, we didn't want to leave the monks after we, after we got there, it was just too incredible of an experience. And we thought to ourselves, nothing else can at- impact us the same way that these monks have, because we would just be rushing through the rest of our travels if we had left after our planned two weeks with the monks. But Yeah, no, I I highly recommend that um, anyone checks out Workaway because it was a really, really cool way to travel.
0: Yeah, that sounds like an incredible company, and we will definitely put a link out on that one on the website. What are you working on today, Evan, that's really exciting to you?
1: Yeah, no, I I highly recommend that um, anyone checks out Workaway because it was a really, really cool way to travel.
0: Yeah, that sounds like an incredible company, and we will definitely put a link out on that one on the website. What are you working on today, Evan, that's really exciting to you?
1: I don't like to tell too many people, but I'm going to tell you, since you asked, (laughs) I am trying to write a book, and I've been working on chapter summaries, and I've been working on finding publishers for this book because I'm planning on writing it within the next few months of traveling. I'm just going to be writing it on the road, but the book is going to be called "The Significance of an American Gap Year." And I'm having a lot of fun figuring out what each chapter is going to consist of and how to express my views on things and how to how to write a book. I've never written one before. and um it's really a great time because it's a huge project, you know, that, I'm going to be psyched if, if, and when I I, I complete this, even if it's not critically acclaimed or anything like that, or I think it definitely will help at least a handful of kids out there like me that just need someone that ignored, not really ignored, but doubted their parents' fear and everyone else's fear about traveling and about living a, a different life and, Just do something different, you know, you can go to college in a year, it's not going to be that long, you know, a year between 18 and 19. um, you, You can you can lose that for a wonderful experience through traveling.
0: That is such a great book, and I can't wait until you come out with that. I'll definitely share that, Evan, because I think a lot of us need that. I I believe gap years, especially in Europe, is very common, but in the United States, it's not. And we still don't look at that as something that's valuable, which I think when you're young, you really don't know what you're doing. So a gap year would be such a valuable thing to have instead of just wasting your time in school trying to figure
1: it out yeah. yeah
0: and you you really figure things out when you're out there in the world instead of being in school and exactly I, yeah. yeah and i believe you should be going to school after you've figured things out so <laughs> we're doing it a little backwards for most of
1: that's chapter one and <laughs> that's called the search the search is the best part of growing up you know like the search for who you are and what you want to do and Trying a bunch of new things, you know, and seeing new things, and meeting people that will express different opportunities to you, and that that's the search. That's like where you should be having the most fun, you know, because you're just learning so much in such a little time. I'm happy for people that can experience that in a college setting, but not that many people do. This is this is the end of my gap year coming to a close, and it's summer right now, and all my friends are back from college and. The majority of them, it wasn't satisfying for them, you know, and a lot of people went through some some really heavy stuff, you know, depression and and lots of anxiety and a couple addictions. And I'm just like, man, you should you should get out of there. You know, like you should try you should try traveling for a little bit because it's just the best, you know, and I mean, obviously, it's not the solution for everyone's problems, but it's a good place to to start.
0: If our listeners want to know more about you, Evan, where can they find you?
1: You can go to my website. The website's called the.com of .com. You can look at some photography that I've taken on my travels there. There's a bunch of links to my own podcast, which is the Life is Weird podcast. And um, there's also a giant list of books that I highly recommend to people. So those are a few things you can check out if you're more interested in who I am as a person.
0: Thank you so much, Evan, for speaking with me today. And I'm definitely going to catch up with you in a few months and see what else you've been up to and what's going to (laughs) happen.
1: Okay, I'm looking forward to it. And thank you so much um, for having me on the show as well.
0: I hope you enjoyed this interview with Evan. Make sure to visit theoffbeatlife.com. Again, that's theoffbeatlife.com to get the extended interview with Evan where he shares how to take an American gap year. Hey, Offbeat family, I really appreciate you listening to this episode. I would love to hear more from you and what you think of the podcast suggestions on guests topics we can discuss or maybe you just want to be friends why don't we chat some more on facebook at the ob life or send me a message at hello at the offbeatlife.com i can't wait to hear from you